Hello, girlfriend, and welcome to this episode of Rise and Grow Post-Separation. A few years back, I had it all. A husband who was first a friend, a house in the burbs for a family to grow in, and Callie, our cat, right by my side. But then I heard those words, those words that would change my life forever. You know what I'm talking about. I want a divorce. My name is Sarah Casa. And I am here to lift you above the fear, anxiety, and loneliness that comes with breakup. Divorce or not, the pain is one, and the pain is real. I've learned so many things along the way, things I want to share with you now. I will share tools, tips, and actions you can take to grow your mind, your body, but more importantly, your heart, to rise into the strong woman within you. Because guess what? If I could do it and get to live the life I have today, you better freaking believe you can. Now let's start, shall we? Let us first start by acknowledging the land on which I am recording today's bi-weekly episode on. Today, we are gathered here in the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, including the Siksika, Pekani and Kiana Nations, the Stony Nakoda, including the Chiniki, Bearspaw, and Wesley Nations, and the Sutina Nation. Southern Alberta is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Hello, family. Wish you could see me right now. I'm all dressed up for you. Got a great coffee going. Actually, a latte. Homemade latte. And I'm excited to record this episode because... Guess what? We're back here talking about money. Sorry, but not sorry. If you're yelling at me right now, protesting, but Sarah, I am under a lot of stress right now. I'm thinking of breaking up. I broke up or I just went through a breakup and I'm stressed. I am stressed beyond imagination right now and I'm sad. I'm hurt. Last thing I need to do or listen to you talk about is budgeting. (sighs) I'm here to remind you that being financially responsible, independent, ensures you don't fall back into that pattern. Whether it's a pattern of getting into a relationship for financial stability. But even if it's not a pattern, even if you, for some reason, contemplate entering into a relationship to be more financially stable, or stay in one, because it's a fear that comes up. If you have listened to my previous episode on money, you know that I learned how to budget out of necessity. And that was quite early on. That was a couple of years out of university. Like I said in that episode, I had to juggle wanting things and wanting to enjoy going out with friends and being generous with helping out and paying for bills. So yeah, there was a necessity there. And I also talked about the financial fear that does come up during breakup, and it came up for me. Yeah, financial instability. But I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that I budgeted coming out of university, so I was in my 20s, and a decade later, I still had that fear of financial instability at breakup. Not just that. Budgeting still did not prevent me from making the mistake 
and getting into debt a few years after that when I decided to buy my own home. I was too caught up in wanting to buy my own place, prove to myself that I could do all this on my own without needing a partner, without needing help, that I got myself into debt. But you know what budgeting did? It helped me get out of debt faster. You know how? Because I knew exactly where I screwed up. I had it all laid in front of me. I could see the numbers and I could calculate into the future and make a plan. Make a plan of how long it's going to take for me to get back on my feet. So much so that in a few years I was able to pay it off. And the only debt I currently have is my mortgage. And for me, I consider that financial stability. Maybe someone else wouldn't, but for me, I feel stable right now. If you can take away one thing from this podcast episode today, it would be my ask, my plea to map out your finances. Map them out through the categories and percentages that we will delve into today. Even if you don't do this weekly or monthly, like I prefer and recommend that you do, my guess is you've never done this before. So do it. Do it once and look at it. Sit in it. Look at those numbers and I want you to ask yourself the following question. Is the current spending that you've laid out in front of you serving you? Are those numbers serving you? And if they are not, be honest with yourself and ask yourself, well, how will it get better? This is where I hope this podcast episode can help. So let's start by looking at what the percentage breakdown is that's out there. So the most common you're going to probably hear about is the 50-30-20 rule. Apparently it's a rule by U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren, and it's mentioned in her book, All You're Worth, The Ultimate Lifetime Money Plan. Now, I haven't personally looked at that book or read it. I just found this out, actually. So if you want more information, I'm guessing that's a good way to start. The idea is 50% goes to your fixed spending. So things like your home, your mortgage, your rent, or basically transportation costs that are fixed, your utilities, your food, all that stuff. And then the 30% goes towards your wants. So things that are more variable, including entertainment, um, going out, things like when you want to travel or have a project, basically everything goes into that 30. And then the 20% is your savings. So that's the 50, 30, 20 rule. The other one that I also seem to come across is similar one, but a different breakdown. It's a 70, 20, 10. So the 70 is all your expenses. Maybe that makes it clearer. So now the food and um, going out, wanting to go on holiday, all that basically falls into the 70. And then the 20% is your savings and debt. So if you have a credit card debt you need to pay back, a student loan, a loan of any kind, like a line of credit here in Canada, basically that would be the 20. And then a 10% would be giving back, which I really like. I like the idea of 10% being a giving back fund. And then there's another common one, which is not really a breakdown from 100%, but it's a rule that says 10% of your income should go towards savings. 
A lot of people advise that to kids coming out of school. It's basically a great rule of thumb, simple enough. When you're making money, take 10% and put it into savings. And the most recent one that I know of, that I personally have been applying, is a nest egg concept. Basically, you save up to three months worth of your salary. And what do you do with that amount? You keep it on the side. You don't invest it. You don't lock it up in an RSP or any type of investment. You basically keep it as an emergency fund. That's what it really is. So in case something breaks down, something big like a furnace, your house requiring an emergency renovation that you did not foresee or plan for, you don't want to take a loan. That is the amount that you can use to cover such an expense. And the other thing that it can cover is the unfortunate event that you would lose your job. So again, you've saved up to three months worth of your salary. The expectation is not that it only lasts you for three months until you find a job, but that it lasts you longer. So you take that amount and really stretch it. You cut back on your wants and spending where you can, and you basically try and make it stretch as much as possible until you find a job and you're secure again. That emergency fund is so important and so crucial so that you're no longer living paycheck to paycheck. And then the latest concept that I heard of, or breakdown that I heard of actually, was through Chris Harder's podcast. Remember when I said there was a podcast that really changed my life and really got me interested in podcasting and wanting to help others? It's the Chris Harder podcast. His podcast really did help me come out of debt and understand money in a positive light. So in a latest episode of his, he talks about a different breakdown. He talks about taking your home and applying 25% towards that. Taking 15% and applying that towards transportation. So your car payments, your gas, anything that requires, your car insurance, anything that goes towards your car is in that 15%. Now, when I tried to apply that number to myself, it was a little bit different. And I think it's because of the living expenses where I am are a bit higher and it could be the same for you as well. I try to bucket those. So I try to take the 25 and 15 and just say, well, I can divvy it up differently as long as the total is the same between my home and transportation. I really try to spend much less on my transportation than my home. And I know for some of you, it's the other way around. So as long as you can play around with those numbers and balance them out, I think you're good. And so we take 25 and 15. Then the next one is 40. 40 are your variables. So your Netflix, your utilities, food goes in there, going out goes in there, traveling goes in there, and that leaves you with 20. What does that 20 entail? Basically, half of it, 10%, goes as savings. Again, going back to that 10% savings rule. And 10% is actually on self-development. How awesome is that? Yeah, when I, when I heard that, I was really excited because lately I haven't been able to balance my budget and figure out where to take out to be able to spend on myself. So allowing a 10% fund for that really does change my perspective. 
I'm going to stop here because I know I've overwhelmed you already with all the percentages and breakdowns there are. So let's do something better and let's actually start with your action plan. So now you've mapped your finances. Again, if you want to learn more, go back to episode two where we talk about this. But basically you've mapped out all your finances and we're taking those finances and we're going to begin applying percentages to them. Now, if you're just a beginner and you're not comfortable with some of these breakdowns, maybe we start with a 50-30-20 rule. I know I did. It's simple and it really does help you play around with numbers furthermore. You could always take that and break it down further, but let's start by applying it to our example here. So now let's pretend we have $4,000 a month or 4,000, whatever the currency is, a month, just to make it simple. So that is again, your net income before tax. This is your take home, basically what you have to work with. How that translates is 50% of that 4,000 is going to go to your fixed spending. That includes things like your house expenses we talked about, food and transportation. So let's pretend here that your rent is $1,000 and you have to pay tax or a condo fee that's 100 bucks and home insurance that's 50. So we have 1,150 in home expenses. Add to that 200 of utilities and add to that another 200 of your travel and car expenses. So that could be your petrol, car insurance, car payments. It has to fit within that 200 and a grocery fund of 450. That brings you to the total of 50%. Now, honestly, for me, this does not work. I am unable to only live of $450 monthly on groceries. But let's continue with this example first. So again, 1,150 towards your home, 200 utilities, 200 travel or transportation, and 450 in groceries or food expenses. And next you move to your 30%. That is your going out fund. That's the variable fund. So now we're looking at a combination of 1,200 to make up that 30% of the 4,000. To me, that's a lot. That's a lot of going out and having fun. I mean, you could divide it into, let's say 700 and 500 going towards a vacation fund or travel or a project that you're doing. Let's say you're renovating a basement or you want to buy a few shelving units. That's your 30%. So for me, I'd rather move my groceries into that 30% fund and spend less on going out because I do value having meals at home, buying good produce. And so that's how this fund works for me. So I was able to play around with it. And then you're left with the 20%, which is a fair amount for savings, debt, and like we said, self-development or donation. So that could look like 500 in savings. It could be 250 towards your savings that goes into an investment fund, and it could be 250 towards that nest egg. Remember, we need to start building that nest egg 
And it doesn't happen overnight. It could take a year. It could take two. But I'm telling you, you're going to feel a world of difference when you have that emergency fund. Just knowing that you can fall back on it instead of pulling money from that line of credit and paying the bank more money to basically borrow from them. Throwing away your money, essentially, is how I look at it. So I'd rather save that money and not be paying an interest to anyone else. And then you're left with 300 and it could be a donation, it could be self-development. That, that is a lot of money. That is a lot of money to work with, and that's awesome. So like I said, this isn't a rule that's set in stone. You can make this work for you. Like I said, that 50%, I can't add groceries to that. The 50% does cover me, though, for the home and the car expenses and all my other fixed spendings. Again, there's much more than the simplified version we used here, but this is just for your reference. You know, there are things like your um, bank account fee, monthly fee that you pay towards keeping your bank account. There are things like cable. So you be the judge of where those fit. Start with the 50%, and if it doesn't work, start playing around with that 30%. But I ask you, I plead you, not to touch that per 20%. Savings, that nest egg, and your self-development, those are key and those are so important. So what's next? You've mapped your budget out. Off the bat, like I said, are you hitting those percentages? I wasn't. I wasn't able to make the 50 work. So I played around with the 50, 30, 20. Where can you play around to make it work? And where can you cut back? Yeah, I know it's unfortunate to hear, but laying it out makes you see where you could cut back and increase on another fund. If eating out is so important, what can you stop? Do you need cable? Do you need three subscriptions to different streaming services? Do you need that all? Do you wanna know what I had to cut back to be able to pay off my debt? It wasn't just the budgeting in the sense that I had to lay out a plan. The plan involved cutting out something. And I had to cut out my car. Yes. I'm fortunate for my partner to have a car that he doesn't have monthly payments towards that we could use. But before I was able to use that car, I relied on biking. I relied on living close to amenities. It can work. I relied on car share program. Funny enough, a few months after returning the car that I had and ridding myself of that big chunk of money that came out of my paycheck, the car share program went bust and stopped in the whole city, actually all over North America. But I didn't make it scare me. I didn't go back to buying a car. I just couldn't. It wasn't an option. So sometimes those choices are hard, but those choices have to be made. And I'm much more happier knowing that I'm debt-free than I would have trying to struggle and balance month after month and having a car that's parked outside. Those were the priorities that worked for me. What are the priorities that work for you? play around with it, and experiment. And then if there's a little bit of money that you're 
really out of luck finding? Declutter your home. <laughs> you know, what can you sell? What could relieve you financially if you need 500 bucks here or there? Try and hustle and try and think of alternatives. Whether it's something that you can declutter in the home, it's something you can start doing, it's a side gig that you could start, there's always solutions. Finally, I'm gonna leave you with this. These are the tips that I've accumulated as well through the years as I did my budgeting exercises. Do you get paid monthly or bi-weekly? I used to get paid bi-weekly and I used to have a monthly budget and it always felt oh, strained. It, it really did not work for me until I finally decided, well, why, why am I budgeting monthly when I get paid bi-weekly? So I just started budgeting it bi-weekly and the budget really worked. So I split them. Ask yourself if you need to split them. Automate some savings. That's the other part. Maybe automating 10% is scary. Don't automate all 10%. Automate something, but automate it so that you are not left saving zero at the end of a month or a paycheck. Start small, start automating 50, 100, whatever it takes, because it's so easy to call your bank and ask them to increase that. It can happen even at the end of a tax cycle. You can just save independently and then ask them to add to your fixed savings, but automate some savings. And then my last advice is credit card payments. So what works for me personally, and this might sound absurd, it certainly sounds absurd to people I know <laughs> when they find out, I pay my credit card line item by line item. I have tried so much to balance the books by paying my credit card when it's due and recording everything. But my goodness, when I started just paying it weekly as we go, it made my budgeting and finances much more easier. So if that works for you, great. That's my tip for you. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but it helps me budget down to the very penny or cent. All right, family. I know we talked about a lot today and I threw a lot of numbers at you. I threw a lot of budgeting related, money related information at you and it doesn't always sit well but I hope something somewhere in there resonated with you. And I am more than happy to answer any questions you have about this. I'm even contemplating putting a template out there sometime soon, but let me know. Maybe it interests you, maybe it doesn't. But basically I was thinking of creating a free template that you could use to help you start a budget so you're not starting it from scratch. So yeah, let me know if that's of interest or not. And finally, Please share this episode with as many people as you can so it can reach those that really need it. Thanks for listening. If you have a girlfriend who is struggling out of a breakup and would benefit from these tools and tips, please share this episode with her. Us women have everything to gain from supporting and lifting one another up. So please don't forget to hit subscribe and check out riseandgrow.ca. It ensures this podcast reaches more listeners to grow our amazing community and ensures you are in the know of the latest offerings. Bye now. <laughs>